Good day, everyone. Welcome to episode 15 of Unboxing the Faith. Today, we'll be talking about sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the church's magisterium, or commonly known as the deposit of faith. Might be a topic not really well known by many, but fret not, because we have Father Simon Young to break it down for us. Let us begin. What do you believe? Organ. Eucharist. Saints. Christmas. Tradition. Sacraments. Hymns. Trinity. Easter. Mary. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Our faith is not a question of I think. It's a question of Jesus Christ has taught us through the church. Welcome, Father. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a while since uh, the parishioners of KA have seen you. So, so very quickly, where are you currently residing and just how have you been uh, so far? Well, I am in Johor Bahru now. Uh, I've been in Johor Bahru since 2012, actually. But for uh, quite a while, working in the diocese, at the diocesan level, in, in the uh, catechetical uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. I must say that even though uh, the topic that we are to- going to talk about veer towards uh, catechetics, as, as it were, I, am, I haven't been trained in, a, in the field of catechetics, which I thought was uh, rather uh, quite, quite difficult for me because I don't have pedagogy as part of my, my, my background uh, in terms of uh, preaching, yeah, you may say there's some catechesis involved there, but definitely catechetics as a, as, a, as a discipline, I don't have the experience there. So I was in catechetics for about six years here. Mm. And in 2018, somehow uh, I, was offered, I was offered a job here. Uh, I always, uh, yeah, I was offered a job here in, uh, in the cathedral, uh, Sacred Heart Cathedral, the bishop asked if I could uh, run the cathedral as a parish priest here. So this is where I have been since 2018. But most unfortunately, well, I came in towards the tail end of 2018, so I had one whole year. And just as I was about to to get more into the work, the pandemic struck. So I've been just maintaining, keeping things afloat as it were for more than two years now so now we are returning back to some semblance of normalcy and it's just 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 this whole idea of if you want to return to some semblance of normalcy you have to fight with fear you have to you have to deal with the fact that that for example what we're doing right now people prefer online rather than in-person presence Mm -hmm. you know so that's where I've been, yeah. All right. But thank you for saying yes to doing this, even though there's a little bit of online anxiety from, you know, a lot of people. So we have had a number of priests on, actually, from different, different orders, such as the Diocesans, the Carmelites, and also the Dominicans. You are the first Jesuit we have on. So do you mind, just very briefly, share about the Jesuit order 
And what does the IJ at the end of your name stands for? Well, I think it's not IJ, rather the SJ. SJ, so uh, sorry. <laughs> IJ, IJ, IJ possibly would refer to the infant Jesus sisters uh, who had, who has, they have had a, a, a rather venerable uh, history in this part of the world. But SJ stands for the Society of Jesus, yeah, founded by St. Ignatius. You know, tomorrow we are celebrating St. Teresa of Avila, okay, and it's the 400, uh, 400th or the fourth centenary centenary of the uh, the canonization of uh, in those days there were five people canonized on the same day on the 12th of March in uh, 1622 and uh, apparently the shout went on that the Pope has canonized one saint and four Spaniards who are these four Spaniards well uh the reason why they, they shouted one saint and four Spaniards is because the only Italian among uh, among them to be canonized was Saint Philip Neri. So mm. one saint, they considered the Italian worthy to be called a saint, whereas the other four were uh, considered uh, Spaniards. So the four of them were Francis Xavier, uh, Ignatius of Loyola, Teresa of Avila, and Isidore of Madrid. So these were the four Spaniards uh, canonized. So this year we celebrate the four four hundred uh, canonization anniversary for both uh, Saint Ignatius and Saint Francis Xavier. Now Saint Ignatius founded the Society of Jesus, and uh, one of his earliest companions was uh, Saint Francis Xavier. We are more familiar with Saint Francis Xavier because he labored in this part of the world. So the the, the 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 Society of Jesus was founded simply because uh, Saint Ignatius wanted to go to uh, the Middle East. He had a, he had a, a very profound uh, spiritual experience. Then he wanted to go to uh, to 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 die in the Holy Land to work and die in the Holy Land, but he was prevented from it. And uh, as he had gathered a group of people, they decided and they prayed, they discerned what they should do with the body, and. Uh, all as one, they decided to present themselves to the Pope and to let the Pope decide what he would want to do with them. Uh, and that's when the Society of Jesus was founded. Yeah. So uh, the Society of Jesus uh, became one of the largest religious orders of the, of the church. At one point, there were 36,000 of them, uh, just, I think, at the height of it. And now we are. Well, as every other congregation is also facing the problem of uh, of diminishing number, we are now down to maybe seventeen or eighteen thousand throughout the world. Mm. And uh, very early on, as the society was founded, the members found themselves in different parts of the world because that's part of uh, their their charism to be sent to to go wherever the, the need is the greatest, uh, laboring under the motto uh, for the greater glory of God. So that's the society of Jesus of Islam. But thank you for letting us know a little bit more about the order. So let's get into today's topic, shall we? All right. So today's topic is about uh, sacred scripture, the three things, like, sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the church's magisterium. Right? So let's start off with, so let's start off one by one. The first things first. What is sacred scripture? Well, sacred scripture 
aren't we called the, the, the people of the book uh, together with the Jews and together with uh, the Muslims? We are, we are called the people of the book because of revelation, because of the whole idea that, that it is not just that uh, we come to know God, as it were. It is also God who makes himself known to us. So in that sense, then, sacred scripture is basically this whole inspiration that has come to us from God, uh, you know, uh, that, that God chooses to reveal himself to us from, time, from times past. Uh, it revealed himself to the Jews. And then and according to our, our, our sense of, uh, of scripture, in, in, when the time was right, he revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ, uh, the word of God, as it were. So yeah, that's 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 in a gist uh, sacred scripture. It's about God's revelation to us. No, nevertheless, no. I mean, it's not as if uh, the book dropped from heaven, lah. It doesn't, lah. The book didn't drop from heaven. God revealed Himself through uh, through human beings, through uh, the inspiration of uh, of the Holy Spirit, lah. That that writers, yeah, wrote about God's revelation, as it were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will delve in deeper about you know, uh, certain aspects about the scripture in a further episode, you know, wink, wink. Mm. But let's move on in this episode particularly. What is sacred tradition? Sacred tradition is often thought of, I, 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 I find it that, that, uh, that part of the difficulty that we have is when we talk about sacred scripture, at the back of the question is, is that uh, there is this Protestant uh, protest about uh, our our way of looking at sacred scripture. They think that sacred scripture is uh, is the rule of faith. What is the rule of faith for them? It's just sola scriptura, it's sacred scripture. Whereas it's, for us, it's not just the rule of faith, it's not just sola scriptura, it's also uh, the tradition of the church. Tradition has nothing to do with myth, uh, nothing to do with legends, nothing to do with things that, uh, what, but rather things that have been handed on to us. Uh. So in a sense, uh, for us, sacred tradition, if you like, predates sacred scripture, at least in, in terms of the New Testament, prior to the first book of the, uh, the New Testament or the, the, the Christian Testament as the political correctness would have it, uh, what do we have? We would have sacred tradition. You know, in fact, I think uh, the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, which contains one of the, one of the institution narratives, uh, says, uh, this is what I received from the apostles and I hand, that, I hand it over to you that on the night he was betrayed, he took away, said the blessing. Yeah, so, so in that sense, sacred scripture in a way predates uh, sacred uh, scripture, but they're, they're not, the, the, the predating is not as if they are so mutually exclusive mm. uh, because sacred scripture forms part of sacred tradition. Yeah, so does it make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's 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 dig into that a little bit more because we're dwelling a little bit onto the Catholic apologetic sites already. Because, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, uh, a lot of the other Christian denominations would would uh, would hold on to this thing called sola scriptura by solely mm -hmm. by the scriptures, and we're not like that. So, apart from you know mentioning that it doesn't it's not something ancient uh too too ancient from scripture itself how can we show that this 
two transmission modes, these two methods of uh, depositing faith, does not contradict each other. Well, the first thing I would say is just that the word sola scriptura itself is not biblical. <laughs> it's not found in the, anywhere that the Bible says that, you know, it is, it is uh, how do you call it, uh, that, that the Bible is a rule of faith, as it were. It doesn't say that nowhere. In fact, uh, just to give an example, uh, St. Paul asked of, of uh, he wrote, I think, to Timothy, saying that, you know, take me as an example. Take me as what? So what is that? If that's not some form of tradition, take me the way I behave as an example for yourself. Why should he ask someone to look at him to do things instead of, of say, just go back to scripture, just refer to scripture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 there's no contradiction between the two. I I maybe part of the, the difficulty I struggle is that when you ask me to do this, I say, oh my God. <laughs> I have to go back into all this sort of thing and this sort of thing. I find it so, so, so something which I've done. Uh, I don't think about it anymore. Kind of like so, it's not a, it's not an issue for me. I, I I just I just I just look at it from from the perspective. If I might just take off from here, but the mm. first thing that struck me is that uh, it has to the, the 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 two the questions are related in what sense? Well. If I look at look at uh, Jesus asking the question, okay, to Peter, who do people say I am? I take it from there. Who do people say I am? And uh, that that question itself is it's the reason why we have so many of the things that we have today. You know, the church exists to answer the question. The church exists in the person of of, of Peter to answer the question, who do you say I am? All throughout history, yeah. The, the church must answer the question, who do you think I am? And the church must answer it resoundingly as uh, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's the basis of all the things that we have, the traditions that we have, the magisterium that we have, sacred scripture that we have. That's basically the church exists that, to, to answer that question. Mm. And, and, and sometimes when the people talk about sola scriptura, it's very disincarnational in a sense. It doesn't have a sense of the incarnation. Without the church, the church predates everything, if you like. The church, yeah, founded on Peter, the rock, predates everything. Without the church, you can't have sacred scripture. Who is to say that this book is sacred scripture? Who is to say that, that book is sacred scripture? So in the tradition of the church, that's that 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 that's it's so organic, isn't it? It's the mm. tradition of the church that gives birth to the to the, the New Testament, if you like. Yeah. We may have inherited the Old Testament from the Jews, but the New Testament was given birth to by the church, Mother Church herself. How the how how that which is, which explains why why this whole dumb movie about about the but that, that guy, what's his name? Uh, the the about 10 or 15 years ago, like it's about this Da Vinci Code, uh, that guy. Yeah, the Da Vinci mm. Code guy. Can't remember his name. But the Da Vinci Code thing was just about, uh, you know, the the based on on the uh, epic epic apocryphal uh, scriptures, uh, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, the Gospel of Saint Thomas. Uh, why did the church initially rejected all these as gospels? Why do have we just only settled on the four gospels? Well, partly because of the tradition of the church. 
the 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 apostles guided by the Holy Spirit together. Yeah, they. I mean, the church guided always by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I would just personify in the person of Peter lah, through the through the the, the magisterium of the church. Uh, decided that well, very early on in history already. Okay, this just isn't it lah. That mm-hmm. just isn't it lah. This just isn't it lah. Well, these are the four books that we want. These are the four books which we can really say to you that they bear the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that for me is 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 when I read the questions that you asked. That's how I would look at it lah. That's I look at it very organically from 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 the perspective of of the church coming to birth with with the question, who do people say I am? And from there, uh, the church began to draw lines. Yeah. And she continues to draw a line. Sometimes the lines that she draws, people don't like it. You know? And and they think it's too narrow. A good example would be the year 2000, Dominus Christus. Today's world, we live in a world of diversity. We live in a world of cancel culture and woke mentality. That those lines are considered too exclusive and do not meet the, the standard of what you mean to accept everyone and to be more tolerant. But the church exists to draw lines because she has to answer the question, who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very well put. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit on the magisterium now. And then you already mentioned um, very briefly on a few, few aspects of how the magisterium works with Peter and the other apostles, right? So um, I'm going to share two paragraphs from the CCC, right? We love our CCC over here in this podcast. So I'll share the two paragraphs. And then, so Father, we just want you to give us like a clearer picture on what he's trying to uh, tell us, all right? So CCC paragraph 85, the task of giving an authentication of the word of God, whether it is written or in form of tradition, has been entrusted to the living teaching office of the church alone. Its authority in this matter is exercised in the name of Jesus Christ. This means that the the task of interpretation has been entrusted to the bishops in communion with the succession of Peter, the bishop of Rome. And in paragraph 86, yet this magisterium is not superior to the word of God, but is its servant. It teaches only what has been handed on to it. At the divine command and with the help of the Holy Spirit, it listens to this devotely, guards it with dedication, and expounds it faithfully. All that it proposes for belief as being divinely revealed is drawn from this single deposit of faith. A little bit of a mouthful, but Father, let's have you unpack it (laughs) as you were. So who and what is the magisterium and what kind of role does it play in the deposit of faith? Now, uh, magisterium uh, is the teaching office, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I remember at this age, uh, nowadays, you just, when you read something on the internet, uh, you cannot be sure that it's not fake, uh, yeah? because a lie told one, Time too many it becomes the truth, as it were. I remember somebody, uh, one of the one of the more uh, one of the eminent uh, eminent uh, scripture scholars says, "I don't need the Bible. I have the church." 
imagine that, no? Doesn't that sound like, uh, how do you call it, heresy with regard to what you just said, that this, that this magisterium is not superior to the Word of God. I suspect that the, 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 the formulation of it is it's, it's, it's a bit on the side of, uh, you know, let's not uh, upset the Protestant sola scriptura, as it were. Yeah, I, But having said that, uh, I, 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 I think that it's almost like the magisterium not being superior to the word of God. It's like a playing field. In football, you draw the lines, you draw the rectangle that within that line you play and you just have a game. That's it. Yeah? So the magisterium, the analogy is, is that the magisterium has to play within the line that is drawn. And the line drawn uh, will be sacred scripture if you like. But again, where does sacred scripture come from? It's the uh, mm-hmm. It came from the church first. It didn't come by, by being dropped down from heaven. Yeah, so but but if I want to understand it, uh, it the magisterium uh, serves uh, maybe it, 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 it takes on a posture of humility uh, before the word of God. The ultimate word of God is actually not sacred scripture, as it were. The word of God is Jesus Christ, He is the word, He's not one of the words, He is the word, and therefore, magisterium must serve God. The word mm. of God, Jesus Must Christ. Must submit to Him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you can you can look at it from that perspective. I look at it from that perspective. Like the magisterium uh, is never superior to Christ, la. But but the magisterium has to 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 teach, and 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 if faith is incarnational in that sense, then it's it's uh it has to 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 be able to 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 navigate the difficulties of development and history and time and things like this. Uh, I remember somebody asked, somebody telling me, I think one of the one of the, uh, one of the priests who has become a bishop, he says, which has more coconut? The coconut or the coconut tree? <laughs> wow. The coconut is fully coconut, so Yeah, which is more coconut? The coconut statistically, or the coconut? it's hundred percent coconut, right? <laughs> yeah. So what so in that in that way, in that way, what's he saying is that the coconutness of the coconut and the coconutness of the coconut tree are the same. It's just that they both look different. Mm. So in that way, the magisterium serves the truth in that sense huh? by expounding it within the tradition that she has received, as well as being brave in the face of the future that is to come always preserving the, the essence of truth just as the expression may change. Yeah. So it can in that sense, uh, if you look at the word catechesis, uh, the root of the word catechesis is echo. You know, to echo. And uh, and and uh, if the church hears the word of God, she is the servant because she echoes that word through the centuries. She cannot Nobody shouts out into the valley, say hello, and the reply comes back as, <laughs> how are you? We shout into the valley and hello, and the answer that comes back is hello, hello, hello. And so therefore, the magisterium is never superior to the word of God from this perspective. She shouts out and she acts, I mean, she her shouting is just nothing more than the echo of the word of God. In that way, she is servant. Yeah. So, so she must guard it. 
I I I I also look at the magisterium from the perspective of the the, the three state of the church, uh, meaning to say that uh, you know the church exists as uh, the church in suffering, the church triumphant, and the church uh, uh, militant. We are church militant, mm -hmm. and there's a church triumphant. So in terms of in terms of guarding the deposit of the faith, uh, the deposit of the faith has to be guarded because whatever that changes that we make uh, cannot run counter to those who have gone before us. Yeah, a good example. I, I, I had a Carmelite brother. He was a, he was just well. He was a brother, but he was a professor. He taught us. He just said part of the reason why why the uh, the the the, the the Orthodox churches are having difficulties because they do not have the magis central magisterium. They are autocephalous, if you like. They are, every head is individual. And because every head, head is individual, they also can have a sense of this tradition in which, if they talk about magisterium, when they teach, uh, they, are, they have to err on the side of caution. Why? Because they have to make sure that they preserve that faith. Okay, they they preserve the faith of the past, as it were, by not over by not changing it to a to to a to a, a form in which the past can't recognize the present. Whereas for the Catholic Church, we have the head, and the head is is Peter and the bishops together with Peter, always the supreme pontiff, and the bishops in communion with him, and that allows for us. Uh, and anchor into the past as well as a possibility into the future. We are not fossilized by a past. Instead, we 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 are we 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 are anchored to the past. Whereas the uh, the the the, the so-called the uh, the Orthodox churches may be fossilized by a part their past because they don't have this unifying unifying uh how do you call it point, which is the Bishop of Rome to allow them. To express things which are speculative, things which which might just break the the so called the, the the boundaries of what is allowed and not allowed, and yet being able to pull it back because of its because of obedience, because of the fact that he is the one who, with the guarantee of the Holy Spirit in matters of faith and morals that he is infallible, the only one who is infallible, you know, yeah, mm. something like that, they So we we have, we have the football field, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they they do. They have a line of football field in, in the, the the Orthodox churches have it. They also have it. Precisely they have it to the point that they dare not play. They're so afraid of getting out of the, 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 the playing, you know, outside. Whereas we play, sometimes we fall out, but we, we still will, will come back because there's a referee there. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, whereas the Protestant churches, uh, not uh, they're just on the other side where there's no no figure to pull them back. And perhaps this can contrast with Islam too. Islam is like the Orthodox churches, because there's no there is no unity that, that allows people to play, you know. And I think that's one of the gifts of the church. The, the, the church uh, one of the gifts of the church to the world, like the Catholic Church to the world, is the, 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 the central unifying figure of, of the, 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 the papers of the Pope like, with regard to, to the with regard to, to his the magisterium, to the teaching authority of the church. It provides us with that kind of a stability, if you like. Yeah. Mm. Stability. All right. So 
let's wrap it all up, Father. Thank you for sharing so much so far. Um, is there anything else that you would like to um, recommend to our listeners? Any additional readings or contents you would like to recommend to them to check out? Yeah, I am illiterate by Jesuit standard. Lah, so. <laughs> I, 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 well, I, I also wanted to say something at the beginning, which I didn't. I, I always think that we live in a world where shared work, our shared world is shattered, if you like. Meaning to say that uh, we all live in, in, in echo chambers a lot. Yeah. Uh, generally, uh, I'm more attracted to people who think like me. Yeah, we live in that kind of a world, right? And and we shout, uh, we shout at the other party, and we don't want to we don't, we don't want to validate their existence, and so we shout them down, or we troll them, or whatever you call that. Yeah, so we live in this echo chamber of of security and this and that. And for me, for me, that type of thing also can come into the church. Yeah, you know. Uh, and and part part of the difficulty is also created by the fact that we are personality centered, you know. So every priest comes believing that what he does is the right thing. Yeah? I think I think if only we could just say that the right thing is the catechism of the Catholic Church, lah. So if anything, I would just say that you know, if you want to any reference, uh, if I were to say something which doesn't jive with with what the catechism of the Catholic Church says, uh, then I'm wrong. Catechism is more superior to my to whatever I have to say. I'm speculative. I can be speculative, but just speculation. If if I, if at all, if I err, well, if I if I err, I would like to think that I err simply because I'm just trying to make sense of what the catechism is saying to me. Uh, so so whenever sometimes sometimes when when our people hear the priest say things, sometimes the priest can say rather outlandish things, lah. And that they are they are getting disturbed by why the priest says that. Well, if the priest says something which is not according to the catechism of the Catholic Church, you can ignore him, lah. <laughs> hold on to the hold on to the Catholic catechism. If there's a book to be read, it's there. And if you really want to look for 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 things to read, well, search out the the more the more uh, the more. I think the the Dominicans right now uh, should be the favorite theologians of the the church right now. They they are they are more stable in the what yeah in terms of in terms of their theological speculation. The, mm. yeah, the Dominicans they have a good website uh, in terms of uh, explaining uh, or, or 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 explaining Saint Thomas in present day language. After all, Saint Thomas, whether I like it or not. Is still the theologian of the, the 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 Latin Church, yeah. So if you ask me anything, I say, go back to the basic. Go back to the Catechism. That's mm -hmm. where you find the, the 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 authoritative teaching of the Church. Sometimes uh, priests may have different ideas. Yeah, they just have different ideas. Bad formation or led astray or whatever it is. Go back to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Does it make sense? Always to you? go back to the CCC. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Father, so much for your time. And thank you for saying yes to doing this with us. All right. So for any listeners out there, if you like any updates, you can refer to our website and our Facebook and Telegram accounts. Also, follow this podcast so you know when our next episode comes out. Until then, goodbye. 
Unboxing the Faith is brought to you by the Social Communications Ministry of the Chapel of Christus Aman.